Holly G with the Golf Insiders. It was a fantastic finish on Sunday. Scotty Scheffler let his clubs and his putter do the talking. Didn't have a single three putt in the entire tournament. Yes, Scotty won the Players' Championship and not only made a resounding statement, put an exclamation point on it after winning by five shots and reclaiming world number one. And to break it all down for us, he was there doing double time and overtime, Damon Hack from Golf Today and NBC. Good morning. Holly G, how's things? Well, it was so fun to see you up there and TPC, right? Never disappoints. The weather was incredible, except for the slight rain delay, which uh, certainly shuffled the leaderboard a little bit on Saturday, as well as the cut. But uh, just your overall takeaways from the tournament. Yeah, wonderful tournament. Great week and no Monday finish. All added up to a spectacular week with uh, Scotty Scheffler reasserting himself as the number one player in the world. It's been fun seeing these designated events and seeing so many of the same names, Rahm and Homa and Scheffler. Uh, Rory started pretty hot in the Middle East, has cooled off a little bit. But Tony Finau told me, and I walked some holes with him at Bay Hill the week prior to the players, he thought that these designated events have the best players in the world, wide awake, uh, more money, more FedEx Cup points, more history at stake. So I think so far in 2023, what we're seeing with these designated events, the Players' Championship included, is what we'll continue to see as the year and hopefully the years wear on. A a lot of uh, changing hands of world number one, I think, Damon. We've seen it already. This is the fourth different player that's reached number one since the beginning of the year. Pretty exciting. A little surprised uh, at, at Rory missing the cut at the TPC, but as, as we know, he's had a lot on his shoulders with these player meetings and the policy board. You think he just ran out of gas? I think it's a good question, and I think it's a fair point. I, I think his role as an ambassador has given him some fuel and, and fired him up, and he's wanting to let his clubs, uh, but also his voice do the talking and sending messages to to Greg Norman and what he thinks of traditional golf and PGA Tour versus Live. But it, it maybe it's becoming a little bit too big of a burden to be asked to spend so much time talking to the reporters, going to the media center after every round, talking not just about your birdies and bogeys, but about the state of the game. Maybe it was okay and sustainable for a while, I'm not sure it's sustainable in the long term relative to what we're seeing from Scotty Scheffler, who is so even-tempered and so steady that I think that maybe ultimately, for the sake of his game, uh, Rory's done so much for the, for the sake and state of the game, but for the sake and state of his game, maybe a little more focus inside the ropes will be to his betterment. But I love having Rory as an ambassador. He's such a thoughtful, uh, important member of the golf community, uh, and it's nice to have him putting himself out there. But sure, it's got to be a heavy burden, and and maybe all of those things and a bit of a bulky driver uh, contributed to his short week at TPC. 
Absolutely. Uh, and we know when they made this announcement at the Arnold Palmer Invitational, there was a lot of discussion yet to be had with the players, and you really get a sense, especially as uh, Jay Monahan delivered his State of the Union address last Tuesday at the players, you know, just the amount of work that it, it does take behind the scenes and the conversations with the players. But as Monahan put it, it's a great time to be a PGA Tour player and a PGA Tour fan, Damon. I think so, too, and I was lucky enough to sit down with Jay on Wednesday, the day after his press conference. I was the host of the PGA Tour Partner Connect Business Forum, where all the sponsors and, and the partners of the PGA Tour are there to kind of take stock of the game and the tour and the 2023 and 2024 upcoming year, and Jay was very bullish. I think as a golf journalist and golf fan, I'm extremely excited about the tournaments that we're seeing now and hopefully we'll continue to see some great competitiveness uh, on the PJ Tour and also listen I love the non-elevated non-designated events as well we had a great duel with Chris Kirk and Eric Cole at the Honda Classic the Valspar this week has a wonderful field with with Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas and Sam Burns going for three in a row so I, I think that the state of the tour is strong obviously this rival threat and now rival tour has pushed the PGA Tour to take stock and have to really kind of reassess how it goes about its business and protecting its stars and making sure that the product uh, is, you know, competitive against the NFL and the NBA and Major League Baseball. And I think that the tour from where I sit looks very strong. And it's so good to be talking about golf again, Damon. There was also an opposite field event in Puerto Rico uh, during the API. We had a first-time winner, Nico Echeverria, and uh, I got a chance to speak with him. What an incredible opportunity that was, that he got to play in his first-time players. We know they do a tradition every Wednesday morning where they bring all the first-timers together, and we as the media get to sort of casually interview them, and it's just so fun and fresh to listen to these young players as they're just starting their career off. Of course, Kurt Kitayama winning here in Orlando. And then we have Akshay Batia, who just got his temporary membership, first played in Valspar in Tampa, and will be there this week. Exactly right. Akshay was shot 65 to finish alone in second behind Nico in Puerto Rico. And I love where you're going with these these new faces and these stories that maybe we don't know as well as the big names. And Kurt Kitayama getting to speak to him after his win at API and is someone who had contended and, and fallen short to John Robb and fallen short to Rory at the CJ Cup, fallen short to Xander Shoffley at the Genesis Scottish Open, but had used those instances in contention to build some tough skin. And I remember speaking to uh, J.C. Deacon, the head coach at Florida, who's also Kurt's coach. I, I talked to him on Sunday morning. We exchanged text messages, and he says it's be so fun watching Kurt go for this this moment and that he was ready for it. And I'm thinking, wow, you know, he's going to be swimming with some of the biggest fish in the game. So it's huge names on that leaderboard, and he was able to get the best of, of the likes of Rory McIlroy at Bay Hill. So I'm with you. It's so fun to obviously celebrate the big names, but also to welcome in some of the uh, younger, fresher faces in the game as well. 
as we like to say, these guys are good. So, Damon, just as we're riding the wave of uh, these last finishes and, and the TPC, we have breaking news yesterday that the USGA and the RNA are going to roll back the golf ball. Yes, limit the distance. The ball can travel for pros and competitive amateurs. A uh, lot of conversation on Golf Channel yesterday, Damon, as well as in the press conferences at Valspar in Tampa. Your thoughts? Yeah, I've been really digesting the news. Uh, haven't been on the air this week, but I've read my colleagues' words on Twitter and listened to their voices on Golf Today and Golf Central. Uh, I understand where the USGA and RNA are coming from. I wonder about the timing. I feel like in some ways the the, the genie's out of the bottle, and, and this feels a little bit in some ways 15, 20, 25 years too late. I wonder about the timing of it. Here we are early in 2023 uh, with the, the tour dealing with the live golf threat. But with the numbers and viewing and excitement seemingly up and everybody talking about how rounds are up and how people have flocked to play golf in this post-COVID era, and the timing to me just seems a little bit wonky, a little bit off, a little bit uh, dissonant with all of the, the, the joy that, that the, the players are talking about and that the fans and viewers are talking about and the great duels in Los Angeles uh, Max Homa, you know, having uh, John Rahm and, and Scotty Scheffler having these moments in the game, and all of a sudden we're distracted by a, another kind of off of the course issue. Now, make no mistake, it is a big issue, and there's a lot to be said for protecting the cathedrals of our game, the Marions, uh, the old courses, Augusta National. But it does seem like at this moment, where we're trying to continue to build on the gains uh, in golf and continue to open up the tent to underrepresented minorities and women and others who are coming to the game in strong numbers. I'm a little concerned about what this message sends in this moment. Understand where it comes from. Understand that, that uh, a 350-yard tee shot leaving a 120-yard wedge time after time is probably not the, the healthiest aspect of the game, but I also wonder what happens to the high-level amateur that gets to play in a PGA Tour event that has to go back. Is he or she 